You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Hello, and welcome back to Future of Building Maintenance and the Mission Matters Podcast Network. I'm your host, Derek E. Moore, and I'm the president and CEO of Building Maintenance of Tomorrow, LLC. And today on our show, we're happy to have our guest, Pastor Ivan Pitts from Second Baptist Church in Santa Ana, California. But before we start, let's have our Mission Matters Minute. Let's start off by understanding what the mission is and what my mission is. Our mission is to identify and engage with other entrepreneurs, business professionals, and clients and friends that want to make an impact in society and can embrace our core values, which are leading by faith, making a difference, make money while staying positive in all that we aspire to do. Because when we achieve all four of these things, there's nothing we can't accomplish together. And it's my esteemed pleasure to have our guest on the line today, my spiritual advisor, Pastor Ivan Pitts, Senior Pastor of Second Baptist Church. How are you doing today, brother? I am doing outstanding, and I count it a great honor to be with you in this moment on this most important podcast. So thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us. It's, it's definitely an honor and a pleasure. Well, people may be asking, okay, you own a commercial building maintenance company with Building Maintenance of Tomorrow. Why do you have a pastor on a call to talk about <laughs> business? Well, you have to understand, I really and truly embrace my core values. And my first core values, my first core value and my four are leading by faith. And so I thought it was apropos to have my spiritual advisor on the line to kind of talk about some things that are very important to me. So, uh, Pastor Pitts, you heard my core values and what mission matters to me. So what drives you? What mission matters to you? Yeah, I think there's three things that drive me. One is loving. Two is laughing. And three is living or inspiring others to live their best life. So let me talk about each one. Loving. I think that love is a gift and that love is something that is sorely needed in our society. And when I talk about love, I'm talking about the the desire to have a, a regard and to be of service to others and not to use people for selfish ambitions, but to give to others and to help them to become all that they can be. Two, laugh. I am just a stone nut. I like to laugh. I think laughing, laughing is good for the soul. I grew up in an environment where we had an opportunity to turn the most terrific embarrassments into the greatest moments of laughter. And I think that it helps you to kind of put things in perspective. So laughing is incredibly important. And then I think living or inspiring others to be their authentic self, especially here in Southern California. We we strive to be liked. We strive to be part of the in crowd. But really what's important is how do you show up? How do you live to be authentically you and to be the gift to this world that you were designed to be. So let me, let me get an example. I always ask the question to people, why weren't you born 100 years ago or 100 years from now? Why are you the age you are living in the times that you're living? And my answer is because you have a unique, special gift, impact to make in society today. And so when you try to be something else, you cheat everyone who's in relationship with you. and You cheat the world to some degree, of the blessings of what you bring to this moment. 
So those are my core values as it relates to Ivan Pitts. I want to live a life that inspires others. I want to laugh as often as I can and make others laugh. And I want to love. I want to give love and I want to experience love on a daily basis. But from a mission, that's my personal mission. From a church mission perspective, it goes back to my core value of love. I think that the church has to have a strong desire to share and demonstrate the love of Christ with every nation, every generation, and for every situation, every nation. I reject the concept that different races and different backgrounds can't come together and worship a God who is of the universe. I reject the notion that people from different age groups have to be siloed in their, in their lives and can't experience love. But then lastly, I think that the church's mission is to demonstrate love to situation, no matter what your background is. We can love you whether you are gay or straight, whether you are tall or short, whether you are Democrat or Republican, whether you're rich or poor, whether you are homeless or have multiple homes across the country or the world. How do we begin to share God's love for you? So that's my very long answer to a short question. No, that's great. I really appreciate that. That really goes hand in hand with, with what I try to preach to my team every single week because we go over our core values literally every week. Every time we have our Monday huddle calls, we go over the core values and what they really mean. And when I start talking about leaving my faith and, you know, I start our, our meetings off with a prayer and, and I do ask permission because in a professional world, you know, you have to be very careful because some people are, are sensitive about, you know, faith and religion and things of that nature. So I don't try to make it religious, but I just try to instill in them how important faith is and what we do. And then going back to what you were saying about laughing and loving, and that's very synonymous with what I'm talking about in my, my fourth core value is by staying positive. Because there's all types of things that can happen in day-to-day life, in our personal lives, and especially in our business lives. When we're out there in the business world trying to conduct business, provide services, and be the best that we can be we run into roadblocks and I try to encourage my whole team to always stay positive in everything that we do. You know, the customer isn't always right. You know what I'm saying? We've always been taught that, but even in their wrongness, we have to be positive. We have to have an empathetic embrace, an empathetic disposition to let them know that we just want the best for them. And I think if, when we really get that right, we set ourselves apart from everybody else and we can be the calm in the storm for our clients and for the people that we serve. So, so that's great. And I really appreciate, you know, how you do that. And that's why I love your leading posture because it's a, a great sample and example for me and leading my team. I appreciate that. And I agree with you. I think that the world knows how to be divided. The world knows how to hate. The world knows how to be indifferent and apathetic and to be mean. And what the world needs to learn is how to love folks who are different and love folks who are difficult and love folks who are diverse. So I'm with you, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I appreciate that. So what would you say our society's biggest challenges are right now? Because, you know, we're going through a lot. We hear a lot of things on the internet and we hear a lot of things in the news and you know, all this politics going on and what's going on all around the world. But what's most for me, what's most disappointing is, is that we can embrace and identify the good things that are going on because there are way more good things than bad. But so what would you think that our biggest challenges are to try to level out and balance out all of the things that we hear and see 
in the media and the news and what the reality truly is? I think the, uh, the challenges are many. Some may think it's violence. Some may think it is abortion or the gun laws or Second Amendment rights or the, the ability for women to be treated equal or whatever it may be. I think that there are probably two of the biggest challenges and they're related. One is how divided we are as a country. And we seem to not care that we're so divided. We're so deeply divided that if someone from one side decides to have a cup of coffee with someone on the other side, they both risk being physically hurt. That's how divided we are. And I think that the second piece that's akin to that, that's connected to that, is ignorance. Now, we don't like the word ignorant. The word ignorant means not knowing or being uninformed. Because we don't know, because we're uninformed, because we are lazy in our way of looking and verifying information, we accept things that may not be true, and we are driven a lot by feelings and opinions. Ignorance or a lack of knowing or miseducation and misinformation has further divided this country. Let let me give you an example. There was someone who was being asked, and this was on one of the local news stations several years ago. They were asking about the Obama Affordable Care Act and did they like it? And they were like, no, I hate it. It's stupid. And then they turned around and said, well, what do you think about the Affordable Care Act? And they began to tell them what the Affordable Care Act was. Oh, we like that. Well, that is the Obamacare. And I'm not here to be a proponent for Obamacare. I'm not being an opponent for Obamacare. But the point is, we weren't informed. Those people weren't informed. And yet, They had a strong opinion about something that they had no real information about it. One more example would be, I would always share with my children that they have the right to make choices about their own lives and what they're going to do, but they don't have the right to be ignorant about those choices. One would be like the vaccine. And I know I just brought up two very controversial issues, (laughs) and I don't mean to put you in the spot. That's okay. I appreciate it. Yeah. But, you know, the, the real the real deal is we are not we don't think all the time. We don't use our brains. And I remember sharing with my daughters when she shared with me some information about you know, the vaccine and why she was or was not going to get it and so forth and so on. And it was completely baseless. And I shared with them, I said, sweetheart, I'm your dad. I love you. You can get a vaccine or not. But what I cannot allow you to do is be ignorant about the facts of the vaccine. So please gain facts from reputable sources and then make your decision based upon facts, not feeling. And she did that and she changed her mind and she went ahead and, you know, got the vaccine. And again, she has the right not to, but she doesn't have the right not to be informed. So I think being ignorant is a huge problem in our society. I think the the other is that ignorance leads to a great divide. And I'm concerned that if we don't figure out how to live together and how to work together and how to serve one another in spite of our differences, I think, I think our world is in trouble. I'll say one more thing. We live in a world that's diverse. We're always going to have difference of opinions about whatever it may be. And that is not a reason for us to be divided. My wife and I have been together for 32 years, and she still doesn't think the way I want her to think. <laughs> But that's not a reason to leave. Right. <laughs> and so you have to respect diversity of opinions and positions so that we can move forward. Absolutely. And on that note, we, you touched on a, a real important subject to me, too, in reference to women being treated 
as equal and having the ability to make their own decisions because that's a big uh, issue in in our, our country this year. I mean, right now in our current era. And I've learned literally five, maybe 10 years ago that without women in our lives, we wouldn't be able to exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. Uh, I won't I won't tell my significant other this, but I truly believe that women are the smarter and more intelligent species and they help us get to where we need to be as men. So that's why I've hired a lot of uh, females in my leadership positions and executive positions and will continue to do so because I, I to get to where I want to be on a professional level, I have to have some strong, very, very talented and capable women on my team to take the company to the next level. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. I agree. You know, We can praise and laud the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yesterday, they announced the new president. Of San yeah, I saw that. That was great. Morgan. Yeah, and I think it's great. You know, and I looked at her story. I never heard of her before, but I looked at her story and she is qualified. This is not some pity, sympathy candidate. You know, this is a team that needs good leadership and they need it from the top down. And they hired a young woman. I don't even believe she's 50 years old yet. And she is leading a, a male dominated sport. There are no women who are playing football. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah. And guaranteed she's going to crush it. Yeah, I think she's going to crush it as well. So, you know, kudos. And again, it's not about just hiring a woman or just hiring a minority. It's about recognizing that there are quality candidates that are women. Are exactly. Candidates that are minorities and that you don't have to exclude someone based upon their race, based upon their gender. Again, we look for reasons to exclude I think we need to look for reasons to include. I think there's this there's this belief that we live in a world of scarcity, that there's not enough for everyone to be blessed and to live in abundance. And I just disagree with that. And that's not true. First times. Yeah. First of all, if you want to take it from a spiritual perspective, you know, God is a God of abundance and God is never broke. God can always give us what we need and even more, regardless of what is happening around us. But the reality is Warren Buffett said, during the greatest depression, there's still the same amount of money in the world as it was in the most right. thriving of times. So we have enough. We just have to figure out how to share and support one another. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do we stay balanced in all of this? We have all of these things coming from all these different directions. How do we balance? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that every person on the planet needs to employ four things in their life at all times. One. I'm going to take notes. I'm going to take notes. Yeah. yeah take. One, we need to exercise. Exercise on a regular basis. Two, we need to have a hobby, something that brings us joy, something that is not necessarily tied to someone else. It's something that inspires creativity within our own selves. Three, we need to have someone to talk to, someone who we can bounce our thoughts and ideas off of, someone who would challenge us to be better. You know, Derek, you talked about your significant other and how she's someone who makes you better. I can say the same thing. So we want to make sure we exercise. We want to make sure that we have a hobby. We want to make sure that we have someone who we can talk to. And I think that the fourth thing that we must have in order, to, in my opinion, to have balance is spirituality. There needs to be some, and I didn't say religion. Now, I didn't even say Christianity, right? To right. me, it's Christianity. But but what is the inner essence? What 
drives you? What speaks to the very soul of who you are? Where do you get your core values? How do you see beauty? And how do you see what drives your morality and your ethical compass? Those are the four things that everyone needs to have to be balanced. And sometimes there's a fifth thing. Sometimes we need medication, right? When we're off kilter to kilter. I talked about this a few months ago here at church in the earlier parts of COVID. I was depressed and I didn't realize it. I I, I feel isolated. I have a wife that loves me, children who like to be around me. Again, I like to laugh and and so forth and so on. But I got into this this funk and I had to re-engage with exercise. I had to re-engage with a therapist and and do all these things. But then I discovered from my therapist after several very convincing conversations, she encouraged me to begin to take some medication for about six months to bring me back on balance. And I needed it. And I was embarrassed. I didn't want to take it. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm a man. I'm from I'm from my neighborhood. We don't we don't need right. that kind of stuff. Right. And to be quite honest, I did. And it made me feel better. <laughs> it made me feel better. So sometimes you need that fifth element. Sometimes it's just for a season and sometimes it's for longer than a season. But uh, those are the things that stay, what I call stay balanced. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you for that. And also, I had a quick question and, and would love your recommendation. So as a, a leader of my organization, how can I engage my team and my professional associates into how important a faith is in accomplishing our common goals? Yeah, yeah. I think that faith first is always demonstrated. I think that when you live a life of faith, and I look at faith two different ways, you may be asking the question. One is faith, your personal faith, your Christian walk or your religious walk. I think that is something you demonstrate. I think that people who walk with an attitude, if it's a Christian faith, of gratitude, an attitude of forgiveness and grace, granting folks mercy when they they need it. I think demonstration is important because at the end of the day, the Christian faith and other faith are practices. It's what we practice. It's not what we talk. It's not what we read. It's what we live out. And what we live out when the heat is on, when the temperature is high, when when tempers are flaring, when uncertainty is at hand, that how you're unshaken, people want to know. They'll say, so, Mr. Derek, why are you not cussing and fussing like everybody else? Why are you not freaking out because the company is not doing this well or the market is crashing or so-and-so has died. And you tell people that you have a faith and that faith is in a higher power that promises to take care of me. And I'm going to trust in that faith. And so I don't have to beat you up. I don't have to belittle you. I don't have to discourage you because I'm encouraged because I know that I will win. I am more than a conqueror and I land on my feet and not because I'm so great, because God that I serve is great. People will see that and they will be drawn to that. I had an incident a few months ago. You're very well, very well aware of it. And I ended up in the hospital in ICU for a little bit under a week. And the nurses that would care for me, and not just one, there were three nurses in particular that were caring for me. And they were like, why aren't you pissed off? Why aren't you, you know, filled with rage and revenge? I, I know you you, you got to be feeling down. I'm like, no, I'm, first of all, I'm happy to be alive. And secondly, I have a mission and work to do. And I feel like God has spared my life so that I can continue to do this work that he has blessed me with. 
but mostly being angry and being upset is is contradictory to the faith in which I have. So that's one. That's one answer of what faith. The other thing about faith is having the assurance that things are going to work out, having a vision to see beyond the moment. So that's also an element of faith. And I think that comes from your ability to solve problems. When leaders are problem solvers and they can see beyond the moment and see beyond the problem and see beyond the difficulty, again, that is someone who has faith. And so I think that you help, you work side by side with people to help them to see how to live beyond the moments of struggle. So that's what I think. It's demonstrated. It is It is your encouragement. It's how you live. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And I, I try to do my best of doing that on a daily basis. I think a lot of my colleagues and team members have seen that in an example of when things have been going crazy and things are going up and down and like any business goes through and how I keep a calm attitude, a calm disposition and just work through it. And they say, how do you do that? I was like, well, at the very beginning, I uh, just like I said, I don't know. I just do. But I know now and now I express it to them. It's like it's my faith. I, I'm very arrogant about the, my God's favor and the favor that I have from God and what he always does for me and always pushes me through and helps me find the solution of things and and continue with the work that we're doing. And it's happened so many times. I'm just very, very confident in that that is going to happen. If the answer is not here today, it will be here tomorrow. So let's just continue to push forward, get the job done, and don't worry about everything else. So hopefully in my example, they see the importance of it and hoping that they will continue to try their best to emulate and duplicate it as well. First and foremost, part of the reason you don't freak out because you're smooth. And that just kind of came with who you are. Uh, Sure. (laughs) But you know you live a life of faith because the people who work with you, they've been with you for years. They've seen that you have been able to come through in the worst of times. You know, I think about why Michael Jordan was such a great athlete, because his teammates had faith in him. They knew that if his jump shot wasn't going, he wasn't scoring, that his defense was going to come through. Right. Uh, and if his defense wasn't coming through, they know that he was smart enough to make the right pass, that, that he was going to make an impact. And they knew that they were better. They had faith that they were a better team when Michael Jordan was on the court <laughs> than if he wasn't on the court. That's because right. they trust that he's been there. And I think that's you. They trust you. You've been there. As a matter of fact, you wouldn't be in a position that you are in now in the company as a president had someone not have faith in you and faith in the fact that you could do the job and you had been doing it. And faith is not blind allegiance. They saw your potential and they saw your perspective. And you are where you are because people believe in you. And that's good. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. Well, that's really all I had. Pastor Pitts, I appreciate you being on today. Anything else you would like to say to the listeners before we we adjourn? Yeah, I want to say... First and foremost, again, as I open up, I am just so honored to be a part of this podcast. I'm happy for you. Congratulations on this podcast. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you're welcome. My parting words are, in life, I think that success is understanding who you are, understanding how you want to show up in the world, and being true to yourself, not true to what others want you to be. 
be true to yourself. And then you may say, well, how can I be true to myself? I don't even know I am. I think you do. I think that we have to kind of sit back and just listen to our own hearts. What brings us joy? What brings us thanks? Where are our gifts, our strengths, and our abilities? Do we like to be around people? Are we creative in the arts? Are we a problem solver? Are we a thinker? Whatever it is, let the world see the beauty of who you are and forget about the fact that people may not fully understand why you are here. And they will in time. So, in other words, do you, boo. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for joining us today. Pastor Ivan Pitts from Second Baptist Church in Santa Ana, California. It's definitely been a pleasure. And how can our listeners get in touch with you and see the great work that you're doing over there at your church in the community? You can access our website. I appreciate that. At SBC, that's the initials for Second Baptist Church dot family. SBC dot family. Information about our church, what we're doing. Or you can just come see us at 4300 Westminster Avenue, Santa Ana, California, any Sunday morning at nine o'clock. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, once again, thank you. And thank you, listeners, for listening to the Future of Building Maintenance podcast. I've been your host, Derek E. Moore. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast series. We have a lot more great guests for you to listen into. And please visit our website at www.bmotw.com. And you can also find me on LinkedIn and all social media platforms under my full name, Derek E. Moore. And Derek is spelled D-E-R-E-C-K or our company name, Building Maintenance of Tomorrow. And so once again, thank you for joining us and we'll see you on our next episode and have a great day or evening and God bless. Thank you. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.